The reading is Psalm 23 on page 555. Psalm 23, a Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. Shall we pray as we get a chance to look at this beautiful psalm? Father God, thank you that you're a speaking God. And thank you that through your servant David, we have these wonderful words that we can enjoy and read and pray and maybe even sing. Please be with us as we look at these words. Please help us to read them afresh. And please change us as a result. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, as I was preparing this, I had to regularly challenge myself to try and read Psalm 23 afresh. I wonder if you've ever had to do that. The danger with Psalm 23 is there's such an over-familiarity with it that maybe even as Yvonne was reading it, you were maybe challenging yourself of going, I'm not going to look at it as she reads. I can do it on my own by heart. And so the danger is that we miss the beauty and the wonder of Psalm 23. Other times I read it, and I struggle to get past verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, David says. I shall not be in want. Or as another version puts it, I lack nothing. In a world of, in a consumer world of needs and of wants, as we look around the world and we think there's some proper needs and wants out there, as we look at our own lives and maybe you look at the shopping list on your phone or wherever you put it, are you able to say this? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Do you think you could say that right now? Do you think many people across the world could say that right now? Because I wouldn't be surprised that in a room this size, there are people here who probably feel the complete opposite right now. How on earth is David able to get to the point here of saying, I shall not be in want? Because maybe you're sat here and you think, if anything, it's the complete opposite. Maybe you hear the news of the rising cost of living, and you wonder, how, how am I going to get through this winter? Psalm 23 is a good psalm for you. Maybe, as Jefferson inferred at the beginning, you've had a good summer, 
It's been a nice holiday. But the thought of returning to work or, or the uncertainty over your job, maybe, and it just scares you. Psalm 23 is a good psalm for you. Maybe the summer's been tough. Maybe it's just been so challenging thinking, how do I occupy the kids for six weeks? How do I keep the house in check? How do I keep everyone happy? Psalm 23 is a good psalm for you. Maybe you feel distant from God. Maybe you're struggling to trust him right now with the things going on in your own life or the things around the world. Psalm 23 is a good psalm for you. How is David able to say in verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want? How might I be able to say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want? Well, David shows us in the rest of the psalm. So let me challenge you, don't let familiarity or over-familiarity get in the way of the wonder and the beauty in the verses that we're going to have a look at. So come with me, stay with me, as we get into this wonderful psalm, and so we can see how David is able to say at the start, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. And it's worth remembering as we start, Psalm 23 and the Psalms are poetry, and and so we need to read it as poetry. And maybe that might be challenging for some of us Brits, tapping into more of our emotional side, but here's the reality with the Psalms. And so in Psalm 23, we get this kind of mix of metaphor and reality. And so we'll explore that as we go through the psalm. No prizes for working out the main metaphor that runs through the psalm. It's the shepherd. Why the shepherd? Why does David choose a shepherd? What does the metaphor of a shepherd bring to this poem? Well, a shepherd is a picture of love and care that the shepherd shows the sheep. The shepherd is a picture of closeness. A shepherd lives with his flock. He's everything to it. A shepherd is a picture of strength and power and authority. They're to take the sheep's side against any attackers. Without a shepherd, the sheep are in danger. It's not simply a a nice cozy occupation as kind of modern-day pictures of shepherds might look like. It's anything but, as David himself pointed out to Saul back in 1 Samuel 17. One person wrote that the shepherd is the most comprehensive and intimate metaphor encountered in the Psalms. This is how David chooses to describe his God, his Lord a shepherd. Rather than using other alternatives which are true, rather than using things like leader or king or deliverer or or metaphors like a rock or a shield, David chooses shepherd. And so on the eve of finding out who the next leader of our country will be, I wonder what you look for in a leader. Because David looks for a shepherd. It's the shepherd, the picture of a shepherd, that leads David to sing, 
I shall not be in want. Why? Why does David sing about God as his shepherd? Well, he sings about the shepherd's provision and the shepherd's protection. So let's get into it and first see the, she- the provision of the shepherd. The provision of the shepherd. What does David sing about? What his shepherd does? Have a look down at verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Here's the picture. It's the shepherd leading his sheep to find food and water. It's the shepherd providing for his sheep. It's the sheep totally reliant on their shepherd in order to find their next meal and next drink. I wonder if you have a garden, how it's looking at the moment. It's the first time Rosie and I have had a garden. Um, And it's certainly not looking like green pastures. At the beginning of the summer when we moved in, it was well looked after. Uh, We bought a lawnmower for the first time ever. And it's still in its box because it's still pretty yellow grass. Not had to cut it yet. And nearly forgotten what green grass actually looks like. And in a funny sort of way, it would have been the same for sheep in the first century Israel. Generally, the sheep, the flock, would find themselves on land that receives little rainfall. And so they would do anything to try and find some. Reliant on their shepherd to find those green spots of grass for them. And when you find them, oh, jackpot, go to town on it. But not here. Do you notice what the, sh- what the sheep are doing? He makes me lie down in green pastures. They're not munching away. They're lying down. You see, there's ample provision in the green grass. It's as if they've had their fill. They're satisfied. There's no need to keep on eating. There's no need to go on looking for further food, for further meals. We've got our next meal sorted as well. And alongside the food, there's drink. The sheep are led beside quiet waters. It's a beautiful picture of satisfaction, a beautiful picture of plenty, a beautiful picture of provision. Sheep, which are totally dependent on their shepherd for food, being led to green pastures where they have so much they can lie down in peace. Quiet waters that they can enjoy. Can you imagine it? Take a deep breath and and just picture the scene. Satisfied. Refreshment. So what does that mean for us? A nice, quiet life of peace in a field by a nice river? Uh, Probably not so much, but but it does point to the reality that every good gift that we have and we enjoy does come from our great shepherd. And so what will it look like for us to remember that and thank him for that? We have an 18-month-old, if you haven't seen her or heard her yet, um, little Lily. We've tried since she was born to say grace, or sing grace, actually, um, before we eat. For the first probably, what is she now, eight? 
15 months. She just wanted her food. We made the mistake of putting it on the table in front of her. And so we would go, no, 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 let's say grapes, let's sing it together. And she would be reaching out trying to grab it. In the last month or so, it's been wonderful. As she sits down and the food's placed there, she reaches out her hands to our hands to take our hands. And as we sing grace together, she bounces her arms along. I don't know if she's taking in what we're singing. But I want her to know that every good gift we have is from our great shepherd. But it's not just the physical provision that our great shepherd gives us. It is that, but it's more than that. Have a look as the poem moves on to verse 3. Here David gives the reality of the metaphor in verse 2. Do you see it? He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Our shepherd restores our soul. Our shepherd leads us on the right paths. And so as a shepherd provides for his sheep through food and water... So our great shepherd provides for his sheep spiritually. As a shepherd provides for his sheep for their great physical needs, so our great shepherd provides for his sheep for our great spiritual needs. It's a picture of soul refreshment. Greatest, far deeper than our physical desires, our deep soul desires, And David says, my shepherd refreshes my soul. He guides us on paths of righteousness. It's interesting here, do you see how David links to the beautiful picture of peace and quietness is to be on the paths of righteousness. I wonder what some of the things that we can be tempted to look at in the world around us, that we think, if only I had that, or if only I went through that experience, that would satisfy me. Even if we know and are aware that that goes against what God calls us to in his word. And yet here David says, no, 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 no. Walk on the paths of righteousness. Let yourself be led on the paths of righteousness because that is where we find the satisfaction of soul refreshment. And you see at the end of verse 3 how he links all of this to his name's sake. What an encouragement that is for every single follower of Christ. You see, our shepherd's work in us, his leading us on the paths of righteousness, his refreshing of our soul, it's all linked, it's all wrapped up with his own name's sake. And so for his own name's sake, he will continue to lead us on paths of righteousness and refresh our soul. The Lord is our shepherd. How do I know that God will continue to be my shepherd, will always be my shepherd? Well, because he loves me, and because he works for his name's sake. And so because he will never cease to love me, and because he will never cease to work for his own name's sake, he will never cease to be my good shepherd. What a wonderful reality. No no wonder David breaks out in song here in Psalm 23. We see the provision of the shepherd now. And then in verses 5 to 6, we see the provision of the shepherd for the future. Do you see? You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. 
You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Here in verses 5 and 6, again, we've, we've got this mix of metaphor and reality. It's a picture of God as host, preparing a meal, a great banquet, where there's wine overflowing, there's abundance, and it's all in the presence of the psalmist's enemies. For David, for the people of Israel, this will appointed to the temple, to a place of blessing, of provision, of protection from enemies. In fact, throughout the Psalms, it, it speaks of life and worship in the temple in the terms of enjoying and eating the richest of foods. For us, it points forward to a time where we will dwell in the presence of God forever, as David says in in verse 6. The provision of the great shepherd is not just to now, but to the future. The shepherd provides a wonderful assurance of the future. The Bible speaks of a banquet to come when we get to be in the presence of the king, which can never be taken away from us, which will go on forever. King David wants us to know about the provision of the shepherd. And then second, he wants us to know about the protection of the shepherd. I wonder if you see the shock in verse 4. Here's the shock. Even though the psalmist sings of his wonderful shepherd... Even though the psalmist sings of his shepherd's protection of us, this protection doesn't mean that there won't be tough times. Did you see that in verse 4? Let me read it to us. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It's not because the Lord is my shepherd, I will never go into the valley of the shadow of death. But it's when I am in the valley of the shadow of death, you're there with me, so I'm going to be okay. Can you picture the scene? It's as the sheep wanders into the valley or the canyon. It's dark, and so he's not able to see clearly around him. There's the threat of danger surrounding the sheep. And yet for the sheep, if the shepherd is with it, he does not need to fear. The shepherd provides the protection the sheep needs. You see, the shepherd's role is to protect the sheep. Therefore, the sheep knows that if it has his shepherd nearby, then it need not fear. In fact, the rod and the staff, it can comfort in the midst of danger. It's like a child holding the hand of a parent and so feeling totally secure, totally safe. You see, the Lord as our shepherd does not mean that we will avoid tough times, but he does promise to be with us in the midst of them. You see, the Bible is so clear As a Christian, we will still experience tough times. It's not as if becoming a Christian means that painful experiences are no more, and I'm sure we're all so aware of that. 
And yet, the danger I can find in my life is that even though I am aware of this, when, when those tough times come, I can forget it. And so I question God. I kind of have this internal dialogue in my head. I, I, I say, yes, I, I know that being a Christian means that I won't face tough times, but why? Why am I finding life so hard? Why am I not able to get a job, or, or I, I don't like the job that I have? Why am I not feeling any better yet? Why are my kids not better behaved? Because we live in a broken world and so affected by sin that, that we cannot avoid it. But we're not alone. And so look at the wonderful words of verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, replace that with any hardship that maybe you're facing right now or that you have faced in the past, or that you may face in the future. No job, poor health, singleness, grief. David says, I need not be afraid. Do you notice how David changes from third person in verses 1 to 3 using he to second person here using you? It makes it more personal. It's not just that he is with me. David's saying, you are with me. For the sheep, the valley of the shadow of death, the darkest valley is a place of deep danger. Yet they need not be afraid because of the presence and the protection of their shepherd. And so for us, our darkest valleys may be so, so painful. We may be crying out for them to stop which isn't a wrong thing. So many of the Psalms show us that that is a good thing to cry out to God for. But know for certain that if you're in the midst of them, you are not alone. Your great shepherd is with you, and so you don't need to fear. Your great shepherd loves you so much that he will not leave you alone in the darkest valley. David sings of his shepherd, his shepherd who provides, his shepherd who protects. And so I guess the challenge is, will we trust like David, and so will we sing like David? Do you see how he trusts in God, his shepherd? Have a look at verse 6. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. David trusts in the goodness of his good shepherd, and so trusts that goodness and love will follow him all of his days. It's not goodness in the sense of nothing bad will happen. We've already just seen that in verse 4. But it's goodness in the sense of my great shepherd knows what is good for me. And so it's a goodness that Romans 8 in the New Testament tells us that my great shepherd is working in every single person who loves him. His love here in verse 6, it's it's a steadfast love. It's not like just a lovey-dovey love. It's a steadfast, saving, covenant love that can never fail. This word follow 
in verse 6, the love and goodness that will follow me, it's not just a kind of passive follow as if a dog just passively follows behind its master. No, it's, it's much more active. It's intentional. It's, it's almost like the word pursue. Literally, it's goodness and covenant love. It will pursue David. There's no getting away from it. And so, because of all of this, David is able to say and to sing the amazing statement of verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Because the Lord is my shepherd, because he provides, because he protects, because goodness and love will follow me all my days into eternity, so then I need not be in want. What a thing to be able to say for King David. What a thing for King David to be able to say in the context of coming after Psalm 22. Have a look just at the first couple of verses of Psalm 22. David says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night and am not silent. And yet, just a psalm later, Psalm 23 David is able to sing, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. How are we able to say that? With confidence? Well, because our great shepherd is not a distant shepherd. We've seen that already in this psalm. He's with us. How can we know that? Well, because he's shown that, and our great shepherd has come down to meet us. In John chapter 10 in the New Testament, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. How do we go through and get through our darkest valleys? Well, know that the one who has gone through his darkest valley and has come out the other side is right there with you. Here is the good shepherd, the one who provides, the one who protects. Here is the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep, the greatest goodness and love that we could know. And so will we trust in our good shepherd? Darlene Diebler-Rose was an American missionary who went to Papua New Guinea in 1937. She was there when World War II broke out and the Japanese took over her island and she was sent to a prisoner of war camp. While she was in the prison camp, she was sent to solitary confinement. And this is what she says in her book talking about her experience. This is how she writes her account. On the door of the cell before which the guard paused were written these words, this person must die. The guard unlocked the door and opened it, shoved me inside the cell. The door closed upon me, and I dropped to my knees. Never had I known such terror. Suddenly, I found myself singing a song that I had learned as a little girl in Sunday school. Fear not, little flock, whatever your lot. He enters all rooms, the doors being shut. He never forsakes, he never is gone. So count on his presence 
from darkness till dawn. And then Darling writes these words. So tenderly, my Lord wrapped his strong arms of quietness and calm about me. I knew they could lock me in, but they couldn't lock my wonderful Lord out. Jesus was there in the cell with me. There is someone who in their darkest valley trusted in the Lord as their great shepherd. So what will it look like for us to trust in him this week? Maybe as you get up each morning and you're just not sure what each day, this day will hold, praying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Maybe right now you feel in the midst of your deepest valley. Maybe it's praying verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Maybe you're here and you wouldn't call yourself a Christian or, or you're not sure if you're a Christian. Well, here is a God who can provide for your greatest spiritual need, who, who promises to be with you in the midst of your darkest valley, who says, I can be your shepherd. And so will you invite him to be that? Do speak to someone you know who's a Christian. Come and speak to me more to find out more about what that looks like. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. What a wonderful statement. What a wonderful truth. Let's pray that it might be a reality for us all. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Father God, thank you that David was able to write these words, that he trusted that with you as his shepherd, he is not in want. Father, please help us to know the truth of those words, that we may trust that you are our shepherd. And so with you as our shepherd, we have provision, we have protection. And so please, would you help us to be able to sing with David, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.